Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Your sitter. Wow. Uh, as long as they're fans on this point, that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans can be here, the Celtic fans can be here, Laker fans can be here. But take that L on the way out. Jokic. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. I am your host, Zach Mikosh. Mr. Gordon Gross out on assignment. Uh, he is headed out to Boston to uh, check out the game for us there, so he will not be... Uh, we, that's totally... See, I just gave up a lie there, because they're stuck <laughs> in home game against the Celtics. <laughs> Jesus. None, nonetheless, he is not here. And in his place, though, as you can hear, we do have Mr. Ryan Blackburn, the big stiff himself. Ryan, what's happening, man? Not much, Zach. Just uh, just really enjoying this this Sunday night win uh, that the that the Memphis Grizzlies had to endure. The Nuggets, for the first time in a while, had a, a really strong offensive performance. Can you believe it? It was a this Sunday night beatdown, really. I mean, they um, yeah, they had uh, probably, I mean, offensively, probably their best game. Not even, I mean. Basically, by any measure you want to take, that it was their best game of the year. We are definitely going to talk about that, as well as I want to get into the entire week this week, because it was kind of another one of those. Uh, it's weird. We're on, like, these roller coaster rides with the Nuggets, but at the same time, they're they're 9-3, and three, right? So it's, like, it's been mostly highs. Yeah, how roller coaster yeah. can it be with 9-3? and three? But you're right. It, it really is a a complete situation with ups and downs with this Nuggets team. Uh Glad they ended the week strong, though, because we were in a pretty good mood. Yeah, exactly. We would be if they uh, uh, they had lost to the Grizzlies. We might be in a worse mood, which is kind of it was kind of nice. They did uh, they get beat the the Grizzlies there in Memphis. That's uh, not a place that Denver has typically had a ton of success. But it's a totally these are not your older brothers, Grizzlies. I guess would be the uh, one of the big <laughs> themes there. It's a completely different team. We'll talk about that. Like I said, I want to also talk about the the loss to the Atlanta Hawks. We'll do we'll do a little bit of discussion maybe on the Brooklyn's Nets game as well. Um, we saw some changes in the rotation this this week which I thought was pretty interesting, particularly Juancho Hernan Gomez has now found some minutes and is doing actually doing pretty well. So um, we'll get into that. And then, of course, as well, talking about this Memphis game and how the offense kind of clicked here uh, after weights, but you know, 12 games, so basically three weeks into the season. Finally, we're starting to see something come out of the Nuggets. I thought we saw, saw a little bit of something that, too, with the uh, the Brooklyn game. Um, as well so we'll cover that and then uh in the second half of the show we are going to we're going to do you know we like to preview the upcoming week we're going to do a little bit of that but i specifically kind of want to talk about carmelo anthony he of course is signed Hmm. with the 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 portland trailblazers um and and potentially will make his debut tomorrow when they play the New Orleans Pelicans. So I thought maybe we'd dive a little bit into uh, Carmelo Anthony's legacy and and where he kind of ranks in Nuggets pantheon now. And and you know uh, maybe spend quite a bit of time on that discussion. And we'll then of course wrap up look at the, a couple of tough opponents here uh, in this Nuggets homestand coming up, uh, including the Houston Rockets, Boston Celtics. I want to get your opinion, Ryan, on who is the tougher of those two? Some good games. Uh, some some good teams coming up. That'll that'll exactly. be probably the Nuggets first real test of the season they've had a pretty easy schedule so far so it'll be nice to see them kind of measure themselves against some good teams coming in and you know yeah that's one of the things i I really wanted to 
talk about too, and maybe we'll get into it a little bit later. But the, the schedule, you're absolutely right. This, the Nuggets, we talk about nine and three and having ups and downs, but we're still nine and three. Well, one of those reasons might be Denver really hasn't had that tough of opponents uh, to to start the season. So that is going to be the show. Let's not delay anymore. Let's rewind it all the way back to what was it Tuesday when they played the Hawks there against Atlanta. We won't spend too much time on this because it was a bit back uh, in the day, but. Just, I mean, Trey Young, Ryan, this is, the Hawks have been, they're abysmal, right? I think they've won, like, maybe, like, what, four four games or something like that. They've, uh, basically, are, the Nuggets are, like, a lone win sandwiched in between, you know, uh, like, seven or eight losses. But, uh, I mean, when when a guy like that, is, is Trey Young kind of like a player now, I guess, in your eyes? Um, you just gotta, sometimes you just kind of kind of wash away the loss because, hey, he just went, insane and there's really nothing you can do about that um except for you know kind of tip your cap i don't know if there's nothing they could have done about that i mean they started they started jamal murray on trey young and gave him that assignment and jamal murray did not do well and and will barton spent some time on him and it did not go well and then they decided to put gary harris on him and well it still did not go well even though that Gary Harris was kind of Denver's defensive stopper i think that that's a matchup that Denver really if if they're going to take a team seriously they put Gary Harris on Trey Young initially and say hey look we know that this could be a really dangerous matchup we are going to put our best perimeter defender on the opposing team's best playmaker i'm surprised that Michael Malone went with Jamal Murray on Trey Young because I think that that actually allowed Trey Young to get hot. And then once you start sliding Gary Harris onto him, Trey Young's already warm. He's already cooking. So if you, if you head that off at the pass, I think that this game probably presents a, a much different narrative coming into the rest of this week. Right. Yeah. I mean the, um, the, I, at some point though, like I look at it and it's like, I mean, it wasn't like Trey Young was was getting just wide open shots. Sometimes the defense um, was decent on it, but I mean, what, what do you what do you do when a guy's just bombing it like four feet beyond the the three point line and he's hitting nothing nothing but the end of the cords? That's that's I guess my argument. On the other way is you can't you know you can only account so much for that. And like you said, the Nuggets tried everything they could. I mean, they put they put basically every every different wing they had on him. Uh, nobody seemed to make a difference. Uh, I, I, I just wonder if, if it's not more of we're just we've just kind of Trey Young maybe is taking that next step uh, in his uh, in his like, you know, his his development where he's becoming a guy who's basically can score, uh, go off on any any point like this and just win you a game. And and it's not happening that often. Like, like I said, Atlanta's struggling as a team. But I mean, every now and then you're going to just have one of those games, I think, from him. And, and the Nuggets just kind of happened to catch the buzzsaw at the wrong moment. They definitely did. There There is something to be said about that. Uh, Trey Young is really having his star turn to start this season. He, he, per, he performed well to kind of close the year in 2018 2019 had a great second half of the season it was great he was he showed that he was in the same conversation as a guy like Luka Doncic and that conversation has really continued into this year you look at the the box score that he's putting up right now against the Los Angeles Lakers he's facing off against guys like Danny Green Cantavius Caldwell Pope uh uh and yeah that's I mean don't don't want to get too much into average Los Angeles Lakers guards but he's got (laughs) 
22 points, four assists, 14 shots. If he was hitting his three-pointer a little bit more, then he could be even better. But the fact is the, the Atlanta Hawks are not a great team around him, and the Nuggets should have been able to withstand the onslaught that Trey Young created. They didn't, And they have, almost did. That's the truth. Yeah. I mean, they almost won that game still. They didn't have a good performance from their front court players either. That, that was the factor there, was that even though the guards got roasted against Trey Young, the forwards and and Nikola Jokic did not pick up the slack and get that in that game, and I right. thought that they had a lot of opportunity to put up 140 points against the yeah. against the Hawks in that game, and Nikola Jokic missing a lot of open threes or not being as aggressive as he needs to be in the right way. I think that right. that that kind of factors into why the Nuggets struggled in that particular matchup. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, what we saw there, particularly in that game, was Atlanta gave gave Jokic the three pointer, and they were willing. Alex Len uh, just sunk down into the key anytime Jokic had the ball uh, at the top of the three point line, uh, three point line, and he basically dared him to shoot it, and Jokic went one for eight from from three, and that that pretty much. Uh, what was what sealed the deal, especially down the stretch there that they did that a couple of times. And it's just one of those things where if, yeah, if he, he's not going to hit his shots, um, then that's, that's the strategy to use. Uh, every team is going to be willing to let him shoot that three ball. If he's not hitting it in comparison to, you know, uh, letting him back it down in the lane or letting him operate from the elbow and hit some of those cutters. Like that's their, their preference is going to be for him to shoot three and, and Atlanta, did it to the extreme and he couldn't punish them for that. So that, that definitely had a huge factor in it as well. I will agree with you. Um, let's go ahead though. Let's push forward and get to some more recent games. The Nuggets then, you know, they follow that up. They get the back to back, uh, wins. They, they beat Brooklyn. They get over a hundred points, 101. Um, kind of, uh, they, that game, you know, they, they were, um, they started out real sluggish. It did not look, did not look great. They were getting, actually getting blasted. It was on national TV, so they were getting blasted by the TNT guys. Chris Webber was blasting them pretty good too um, about effort and and you know making that. I think they said effort to match expectation was the phrase they used. But they get a huge boost from their bench there in the third to fourth quarter. That shift kind of right there, bridging those two quarters, and and it was really behind two guys, Mason Plumley um, and Wancho Hernan Gomez, who who suddenly found himself in the rotation. Malik Beasley out of the rotation now is what it appears. Torrey Craig out of the rotation um, as well as what, what, what appears to be happening. And and uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez, Michael Porter Jr. in their place. Hernan Gomez in particular has made the most of his... Uh, of his minutes so far and and what we're seeing is Malone's kind of going with this lineup where it's Monty Morris uh, and then it's Michael Porter Jr., Juancho Hernan Gomez, Jeremy Grant, and Mason Plumley. I like to call it the Monty plus length lineup. Um, <laughs> yeah. Had some mixed results. Wasn't so great in that Brooklyn game at first. Did did play uh, well? No, because he kept Michael Porter Jr. out of that lineup, and it was they had Will Barton or Gary Harris in there. That's really what gave him the comeback in Brooklyn. Uh, but had had a lot more success here today in this Memphis game. Do you do you like Ryan? Do you like Juancho in the in the rotation now? Do you agree with kind of replacing Malik Beasley and Torrey Craig with Wancho and MPJ, or or do you think the, this is still uh, a rotation that we still probably have some kinks to work out? I'm not sure yet. Honestly, I think it's too early 
and the Nuggets did face the Brooklyn Nets and the Memphis Grizzlies with this rotation. And I'd like to see how it looks when the opposing two guard is James Harden or yeah. Jalen Brown or uh, Jason Tatum is playing the three as a and and going up against Hernan Gomez or Michael Porter Jr. And at that point, you have a lot of potential problems with that lineup because there aren't there aren't a lot of great wing defenders. Uh, you don't have a lot of speed on the perimeter. You have a lot of length, and there are some things where that's that's a great situation. But I don't think the Nuggets use that particularly well. Uh, they aren't shooting a lot of threes on that bench unit yet, and to me, that's where the real change has to come. They have to start spacing the floor. That's where Monte Morris will get a little bit better. Mason Plumlee will get even more efficient. And but to your point, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Came in, brought a lot of energy, brought a big lift to that group. Uh, eight rebounds in that first game. This game he had just three, but he had four, four threes in this game. So if right. he has, if he's able to space the floor or or provide energy or provide an opportunity for the Nuggets to run, the Nuggets had 29 fast break points tonight. Uh, there's a potential opportunity for the Nuggets to make up some of those deficiencies by working on the fringes, by working on the perimeters, uh, by just out-muscling people. It, it's a very large possibility for a large unit that they could make things work. I'm I'm just a little bit hesitant on crowning it the, the best bench lineup so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm with you on there. I don't it's, – it's a bit awkward defensively, and I think the hard thing you have is neither Wancho nor – Michael Porter Jr. are are particularly good uh, defending the perimeter, and especially against smaller, quicker guys, they can uh, they can be susceptible susceptible to getting those blowbys. Now, I mean, we've seen MPJ. I mean, he had a, he didn't do anything today against the the Grizzlies on the offensive end, but he had a couple of blocks, you know, on on the defensive end. He he uh, crashed the boards. He he had an okay game. Um, in terms of just an all-around team play, just didn't have his offense going. Wancho, though, I mean, that guy is a guy, and, and Michael Porter Jr., both. Like, they're not out there for their defensive effort. That's not why you're putting them on there. And and right now, uh, with the Nuggets, just and, and the bench in particular, just horrendous shooting. Like, I'm... I applaud Coach Malone for making the adjustment because it definitely worked, you know, in today's game. I mean, there was not a ton uh, in the way of uh, distribution when you when you look at this game. It's crazy the Nuggets scored 131 points, but they basically did it behind uh, essentially four players, which was, you know, uh, obviously Jamal Murray had the big game, Paul Millsap had a big game, but then Watcho Hernan Gomez was your third uh, leading scorer with 15. Jeremy Grant had 12. Nobody else was in double digits. So that that move uh, to to bring in Wancho and like you said goes four or five um, from th- three point land. That's that I, I like. It it gave them an injection of shooting uh, today against the Grizzlies, which I think really helped them. Now I I I don't know. You're gonna have to, I think, probably make a choice between Wancho or MPJ at some point because I do think you really are gonna struggle to stop teams um, with those two guys out there on the perimeter as your main guards, and then Monty Morris, who's not—I mean, another guy who's not gonna be uh, a big stalwart defensively for let me, you. So let me that's, ask you this. that's the problem. I'm I'm curious about your opinion on this. Do the Nuggets need a set bench rotation, or should they potentially be? Going at this from a a matchup perspective, where the the team that they're facing 
they have a lot of smaller guys, so the Nuggets are going to match up a little bit and they're going to insert Malik Beasley. Or the opposing team has a lot of taller bench players and the Nuggets are going to match size for size and they're going to go with Michael Porter Jr. at the two. Is that a a potential option for them? Do you think that that's a... Do you think that that's a, a dumb idea to just go matchup based or do the Nuggets need to just play where they can? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't um, I'm not a big fan of the mixing and matching rotation. I'm, I'm more of the idea that guys need to be in a rhythm. They need to have more than just a game here or a game there. Uh, with each other to to kind of develop that chemistry on the court and and get away from if the Nuggets were the type of team who excelled by walking it up the court, uh, going into a set and, and calling a set play, and they had they had you know a mixture of sets different sets with different rotations, then maybe I could see you going that way. But they're they're at their best when they're just free flowing on their offense, and I think you have to have um, a certain level of chemistry with with each other on the court to make that. It's most effective, and I think that's hard to do if you're constantly swapping guys in and out game to game. So I, I'm more of the fan of, yeah, you pick you pick a group and you go with it. Now, what I like, though, is what we've already seen here from coaches. I think you keep a really short leash on on that rotation. And, you know, if it's not working for a handful of games, five or so games, like kind of like how we saw this time, then, okay, let's go to something different and let's see if that works. So for right now, I think you've seen – I think you've definitely seen Wancho is is shown like he's got some versatility to bring some things that you weren't getting from a Malik Beasley, from a Tory Craig, and and so he's probably earned some minutes. Michael Porter Jr. I think you probably are going to have to see a little bit more consistency on both ends. We saw a game like tonight where he didn't hit any of his shots, but he was able to do some things defensively. Otherwise, we've pretty much seen every time he's played, it's been okay. He's had some. We've seen some flashes on offense, but he's had some really rough shifts defensively so he's a guy who you got to see a little more consistency of and if, if that's kind of the guy well if it's not working out you're not getting that consistent effort from him maybe you go back to a Beasley uh, or a Tory Craig depending on who you think has earned those minutes in practice but I would I would keep a, a core group of guys until until as long as they're working and when they're not then you maybe make the swap out yeah because I think that this group really has <clears throat> they really have some issues from a personality standpoint, if certain guys aren't going to play, uh, Malik Beasley's a really proud player. He wants to be a proven guy who's starting. He turned down a three-year, $30 million contract extension. Pretty sure the Nuggets offered more than that, and he still didn't sign in the offseason. Right. Right. That's uh, that's that's going to be a tough sell for, for teams if he's just not going to get on the court in free agency next year. So. You're, you're going to want to pay attention to that, Nuggets fans. If if Malik Beasley isn't getting on the court consistently and Michael Porter Jr. is playing over him, that could be a, that could be a really interesting factor going forward. Right. And, and, and the tough thing for, for Malik is, you know what, he's, he's, he's shooting 37% uh, from the floor. And that's for a guy who you depend on to, to be uh, an, a playmaker and a shot maker for you. That's not very good. But the thing is, he's shooting 41% from three. So he's the, he's getting, he's doing well on those opportunities. It's just, he really is struggling um, everywhere else on the floor. And, and he, if he can't tighten that up, um, it's hard to play him because he's another guy. Like he, there's not a lot of defensive um, ability there. Malik's another guy who you really only have out there 
for one side of the court. So he's going to, if he's not hitting his shots, he's, he's a tough, uh, tough player to play. And I think, um, we know coach, coach doesn't care about the contract, right? Like he's going to play, uh, whoever he thinks gives him the best chance to win. And so for Malik, I mean, that's just might be where he's at right now, but he's going to get an opportunity. I mean, I guarantee you this current rotation is not the rotation they're going to keep with the entire year. Oh yeah. No, I, I don't think that there's any doubt there. Uh, I just, I just still think that this team is ripe for a trade just because there, there is no way to appease everybody and somebody right. is going to be upset. Maybe multiple somebodies are going to be upset. So when you start factoring in all of these different pieces and certain guys don't fit well with each other and there's, there's a lot of egos that could potentially be unappeased by, by the direction that Michael Malone wants to go it's very possible that we could see a move and I just don't know what that is. I don't know who's going to separate themselves. I think the nuggets are going to let that play out in real time and we're going to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it's um, the curious thing to be see is, is even if you, if you make a trade, uh, it's hard to see like a, you're basically trading a guy for picks, right? Because there's not really, and I don't think there's an opening in your rotation right now. You're nine and three. Um, and, and you're, you've got more guys than you can play. So if you're trading some guys, you're probably just trying to see who can, uh, who can maybe take somebody for, for some sort of draft compensation in return. The Nuggets don't have a ton, uh, in the way of draft picks. I don't think they have anyone for this, this upcoming 2020 draft. Nope. And I don't think they have a second pick, second round pick to like, you know, um, Jamal Murray will be retiring from the NBA before they have another one of those. <laughs> so yeah, it's, you know, exactly. that, that's if, if, if for me, um, if you're making a trade, I'm, I'm looking to restock some of those draft assets because I'm, I'm pretty happy with this rotation because I mean, I'll, let me ask you this, Ryan, like we saw it here in Memphis. I mean, is it, I guess, is it just as simple as like, well, they hit their open shots tonight or, or is there something more to it? Do you think that this with this group and, and now 12 games in they've, they've found some, they found something on offense and things are going to start clicking. I think there may be something to playing watch Hernan Gomez with Nikola Jokic playing Michael Porter Jr. with Nikola Jokic. Uh, those guys really spaced the floor for the Nuggets when they needed it, and it gave right. it gave the entire bench and the entire starting unit a real boost when they saw Wancho hitting his shots, when they saw Mason Plumlee making dives to the basket and then playing really well, when Monte Morris was hitting his floater. Uh, it's, a, it's a really big deal to see shots go down, and I think, a little bit of it is probably the gravity that Jamal Murray brought tonight where he is hitting like he's, he's shooting 12 threes, hitting seven of them. Right. Doing really well at that position. Uh, eight assists to zero turnovers. The Nuggets had 36 assists tonight and 12 turnovers. And that that margin was a little bit better, like before garbage time started. So I, I definitely think that there's probably some uh Confident or some some bias in terms of the fact that Wancho played a lot tonight, but the Nuggets also happened to be hitting a lot of shots. But he he did factor into some of that too. So I definitely think he's earned his place in the rotation going forward. But we're going to, we're going to see if it sustains. We're going to see if this is real because I still think the Nuggets are not shooting enough threes. I still think that there there's definitely room for improvement there. Jamal Murray made a major step towards that tonight. Uh, but Will Barton only took two. Gary Harris only took two in 21 minutes, which understandable. I get it. But right. like Monte Morris only took one. 
It's right. it's there's there's just a lot of low three point totals from everybody else. And the Nuggets yeah. said that they wanted to get to thirty six to thirty seven, and they're only at thirty two still, and they're they're still averaging far less than that. Right, yeah. I mean, outside of I mean, Wancho Wancho took five, Jamal took twelve. Like I said, everybody else three or less. Um, and you can't, I guess, expect to shoot fifty six percent as a team from three point land every night. That's probably right. not not sustainable. So you're going to have to. When you look at it, I mean, you beat the Grizzlies by by what twenty? You no, know, by seventeen. But um, you you they actually shot more threes um, than than you did. On the on the night, almost made as many with with as well as you were shooting, and, and the Grizzlies still shot it pretty well uh, from three as well. But that that's that's something that I think has really been missing, and and it's been both it's been quantity and and in some ways just I I don't want to say quality because I think they're getting good looks uh, a lot of time. They just haven't they just haven't hit them. Uh, so I mean to me it is really encouraging, and yes, I think a lot of it is tonight was they hit their open shots. They were playing a team that's not that great. Um, they they had uh, Jamal Murray get into a, a mode where he's re- just really tough um, to stop when he's when he's hitting shots like that. Kind of kind of like how Trey Young did the same thing to them a couple nights ago. So you know you you kind of you kind of you don't think you can maybe take too much from this game as like a trend, but it is it is encouraging to see to just be reminded they have this in them. They can be. Um, a team when when they're knocking down shots, they can be pretty much uh, an unstoppable force. Because I mean, I tell you what, that second quarter uh, was 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 probably some of the best basketball I've ever seen um, this Nuggets team play, or any Nuggets team for that matter. So that's um, it's encouraging at least. But they they've got to do it, I think, for a more a few more games before I start to start to say that they're they're back offensively i guess you could yeah, say yeah and and i'd like to see nikola jokic continue to be aggressive going downhill going and and taking his own shots he had a lot of great assists uh a lot of great assists actually so can't really right. fact can't really uh, blame him for that in any way but 9 points most nights when jamal murray isn't going off isn't going to get it done Right. And I think that he was able to take his foot off the gas tonight because other people were playing really well. Uh, I'm still concerned about Jokic as a scorer. I think that he still needs to prove that he can be a top do- a top dog, a top guy, or Jamal Murray just has to continue to bring it. Uh, either of those scenarios is probably palatable, like, but the Jamal Murray has to be shooting threes at a high level if he's going to do that, or Jokic has to be more aggressive. One of the one of those two things. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're going to have to see, I mean, exactly what you said. You're going to have to see a consistency in Jamal's shooting or a consistency in Jokic's um, aggressiveness, his, his, his ability to force um, his shot, in, particularly inside. Because, you know, I mean, he's he's basically, we saw it tonight, and, and he only scored nine points, but, like, there was one of those um, shots that he made was against Valanchunas, and he basically just kind of, you know, pushed his way in and then said, all right, I'll just take a hook shot right over you. Um, <laughs> it's great. As, That's as, it. As, what, 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 did, what did Marlo call it? The, uh, <laughs> the, the Serbian the splendid, hooker. Yeah, the splendid Serbian hooker. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta uh, love old Chrissy. Uh, but the thing is, uh, like, can the can the Nuggets please cut out this floater? Like like for the love of God, yes. I'm I I've been I've been on it since day one. Not gonna lie, like that was the first stat of the week of the season that I wrote was that the Nuggets are really good at floaters, 
but it could turn into a negative if they don't start if they don't hit them at a high clip because they've been taking them very frequently and not making them as much as they need to. So that's right. been a really big deal for Gary Harris specifically. Uh, Will Barton has struggled with them Monty at times. Morris. Monte Morris has struggled with his floater. Jamal Murray's actually really good at it, so I'd, I'm not really worried about him. Right. And the Nuggets need him to be kind of a scorer. Uh, Mason at all Plumlee levels. Like, has struggled with his. Jesus Christ! Like, like, come on, Mason. <laughs> like, this is not your game. It's every, it's every game, it's every game too. Like, it's, it's just not your game. Come on. Right. Just, you just got to give it up. But that's um. Hmm. We we didn't actually really see it. I, I can't remember if I saw it. Tonight, he, had so. he had one. He had one, and it was right. short again. And it was short. Yeah, that's is as is the case. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's go. Let's go ahead. Let's take a break. Um, and then we'll come back. We will. We will start looking forward. I want. I want to talk about Carmelo Anthony, who potentially makes his Portland Trailblazer debut tomorrow night against the Pelicans. So let's hit a break, and we'll be right back. all been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business maybe your light suddenly won't turn on or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling heck maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new ac unit whatever your need may be give sun electrical a call They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Welcome back into the Pickaxe Podcast. Zach Pikash and Ryan Blackburn here. We are with Denver. Blackburn? Bear? Bear? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, got, it got caught up there in the middle. It's been, you know, it's been a long day. Uh, Ryan, you, you got to understand. It's, it's late for, for people like me. It, it is a little late. I, I get it. You're, you're, you're basically a decrepit old man at this point. So it's, it's true. I'm waiting for my AARP card to come in. I'm going to be Hell yeah. cashing in on those coupons. <laughs> no, I senior discounts. Um, speaking of seniors, uh, Carmelo Anthony back in the <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, right. Exactly. I like it. Uh, no, Carmelo Anthony, the news came down, what, last, uh, I don't know, like Thursday or so. Um, yep. He he signed with the Portland Trailblazers. There had, of course, been some talk uh, about Melo trying to find a spot this season. He played briefly with the Rockets last year, um, but pretty much was out all of last season. And then really, you know, if you think about that, before that was a year with Oklahoma City, it didn't go so well. So he's a few years removed 
uh, from being effective in in the NBA. He comes back now for the Blazers. Let me ask you this against Ryan right off the bat. I mean, do you have any hope? Do you think Melo is going to help contribute? Is he going to be uh, a solid piece for the Blazers? You don't want to bury a guy immediately, but I don't think so. I think it's it's really hard to stay in NBA shape when you're not playing, and he he really hasn't played since last November. So, right, you kind of you kind of factor that in. You factor in that the the Blazers really needed a a forward defender as opposed to a forward scorer. Like they're right. they're a good scoring team. That's that's not really their issue. Um, Mario Hazonia and Rodney Hood can probably score enough. Like. You, you need somebody who can defend the LeBron types and defend the Paul Millsap types even, like even at that yeah. level. Like you, you didn't need a high bar. I don't think the Paul, I don't think the Carmel Anthony is going to meet that requirement. Yeah, I mean that Portland is, is a team that's really been hurt um, up front. You know, with with some injuries, particularly uh, you're still waiting for Yusuf Nurkic to come back. You're still, uh, I think, what Zach Collins is out for um, an extended period of time now. They're they're a team who really needed something, anything uh, in the way of of just I, you know, like like you said, defense and, and maybe rebounding from their their forward spots. They're not going to get that with Melo, and you got to figure he's probably going to play some four. That's probably potentially exactly you know where he'll be playing. Most of his minutes, I don't think he's really a small forward in this day and age. I mean, I don't think Pau Gasol is playing right now either, right? So it's like there, there's not. I don't know. I, I it's gonna be interesting to see. I mean, maybe and maybe the goal is just just outscore people 140 to uh, 120. But it's 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 another situation. Like, how is this different from when you had Chris Paul and James Harden? How now you have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum? Like, how does Melo kind of work in? to uh, to that scenario because he's another guy who's just going to be um kind of a you know a, a guy who's not going to create much for others and and is going to be a kind of a solo scorer that that's always the role he's filled fulfilled and like I think there's definitely uh I think there's definitely a place for that in the NBA but it's hard to see it with Portland right now I, I just don't know that they necessarily need a guy like that it's too bad because he would have really fit there last year while they had Al Farouk Aminu and uh, Mo Harkless. Like, right. both of those guys are great compliments to a guy like Carmelo Anthony. They can they can defend the tougher guy. They can defend the tougher matchup, and they can leave Carmelo Anthony on the lesser, the lesser forward, and then he can do what he does best, and he scores in isolation. The fact is, like, the more you take the ball out of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum's hands, the worse you're going to be if you're the Blazers. They already have Anthony Simons, who is a rookie who's been playing reasonably well or well enough that they want to give him the ball consistently. Uh, He'll be playing on the second unit, and I think that the more isolation opportunities that they have to Carmelo and Anthony on the second unit, like that's just going to slow the ball down even more. It's their their defense isn't going to get any better with them out there. So I don't know. I'm a I'm a little bit concerned that they're going to continue to find that Kent Bazemore and Rodney Hood are just as good options at the three and the four as Carmelo Anthony is right now. It's, it's, it's a, it's a tough situation. Right. Hazonia as well. I think, I mean, Hazonia might actually uh, be, end up being a guy who's gives you a little bit more on the defensive end 
Um, which, and I mean, he's not going to give you much, but um, might still be able to give you a little more than, than what you're getting out of Mello. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. What about the, let's, let's talk about uh, Mello in terms of his tenure in the Nuggets. Cause I want to, I want to, I think it's a good time to always revisit this subject. I'll challenge you right now, Ryan. I will say Carmelo Anthony, um, no worse than top three Nugget all time. Uh, oh God. I, I don't agree. I I think that that's a that's a really tough sell for me. So who you put? In, I mean, who you put in front of him? I think you can put Alex English, David Thompson, yep. and Nikola Jokic nope. in front of him. Oh, no, you see, that's the thing. Like, I can't, I can't give Jokic uh, in any way uh, a chance to to go ahead of of Melo. For one, he hasn't won more playoff series uh, with the Nuggets than, than Melo has, which isn't saying much. Um, what is it? But, it's, it's two to one. Two to one. It's, it's that's right. Scoreboard still says mellow, though, right? Uh, Jesus, that's, that's um, we're leaving it. Okay, fine. Well, no, he it's it took Jokic what uh, four seasons to get into the playoffs. Um, in a in a it took a mellow much one tougher Western Conference than than what Mellow had to do. Mellows Mellows didn't exactly play in a, a cakewalk. If you remember, I mean, one year Mellow was an eight seed with fifty wins. So it's, I mean, I would I would say there was um, that was his fourth season. That was our fifth season or whatever. Like, like if if we're we're gonna go back through the history lesson here, and we're gonna we're gonna go see the Denver Nuggets team that Carmelo Anthony took to the playoffs as a rookie, and um, I just want to check the, I want to check the wins that they that they had that year. 43 and 39. Like, 43 okay. and 39. It was, it was, yeah, eight seed. Got, uh, got beat pretty good by the Minnesota Timberwolves in the first round. That's the other thing that I'll say about Melo. Like, everybody wants to talk about how, oh, well, he never got out of the first round. Well, give me, give me the times he was supposed to make it out of the first round. And I can, I can pretty much make an argument uh, against anyone because okay, like let's let's immediately throw out the times he ran up against either the Spurs uh, or the Lakers because I mean those were two legendary teams uh, in their heydays. Then he uh, clearly wasn't uh, expected to win his rookie season um, against Minnesota, so that leaves you with the the series against the Utah Jazz and the series against the uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers were actually a better team, even though the Nuggets were a four seed. It's because the Nuggets won their division, but the Clippers actually had a better record um, and were the home court advantage. And against the Utah Jazz, I mean, George Carl had cancer and wasn't on the bench. So, like, when I, I, I guess that my thing is, like, when you look at overall success, I mean, who much measures up uh, much better. I mean, Alex English, yes, but not by much, to be honest with you. He didn't have a ton more playoff success than Melo did. David Thompson really didn't have any more playoff success uh, than Melo did. I would actually play, I would actually go, uh, I'll still go number one, Alex English. I still think, though, overall, he's the best nugget ever. I'd go number two, actually, Dan Issel. And then number three, I'm probably going Carmelo Anthony, to be honest. David Thompson, four. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I, I think you could probably make an argument for Fat Lever in there, too. Um, he's probably five on my list, and then you're like six. You're probably like talking about like Chauncey. Um, yeah, that's a that's a or maybe low bar at that point. Matumbo um, or you know like yeah something like that. Let's go with a uh, Gallinari man. Uh, Gallinari. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going from that era, I mean, Nene would be another guy you'd have to. Um, but yeah, I mean, here's the thing: like Carmelo Anthony, he does he did one thing well, and that was get buckets, and that is what's going to be glorified for the rest of time. Uh, but the fact is he was a guy who you, you can't like just put his legacy at the, the number of playoffs that he had. He, he 
abandoned the Nuggets team. He abandoned the Nuggets, and basically for that entire season, he was out the door. He he put their feet to the fire and said, I want to trade. And he did the right thing by by telling them he wanted to trade, but that's still that's it doesn't mean anything less because he still left them high and dry. He still walked out on them on a good team, especially at that point. I thought that they were a good roster. Right. I thought that they like they had a couple of bad things go against them. I right. thought that like a couple of things that he could have controlled himself uh, didn't necessarily go their way. And I thought, I think he walked out too early on, on a Nuggets team that could have absolutely reloaded. They didn't have to like tank like he, like he said that they would like, they weren't tanking. They weren't going to tank. Like they could have absolutely built another strong team around him. And they, he just, he still walked out. So Jokic isn't going to do that, at least from from what I understand. He may retire on them. He may not. Uh, yeah, he that's may. What I was gonna say. <laughs> he he may... might be one contract and done. Uh, honestly, but we we'll, would, not, we we'll would not be shocked. I I still think that when you talk about the value added to a franchise, when you talk about somebody who completely changes what a franchise's outlook is like, that's Jokic. That's Jokic in in general. He shifted the narrative and changed the expectation for this team he put up i think the best playoff performance this franchise has ever seen but nobody no player in the history of the denver nuggets in the history of the denver nuggets no player has shifted the narrative about the team greater than carmelo anthony did i mean that is that is the thing that he should be remembered for as a denver nugget is that was a team that was lost that was a laughing stock of the league and had been for nearly a decade and he pretty much single-handedly took them from that to a team that went to the playoffs you know every single season he was here i think there there should be some credit um to him for for that in the pantheon of nuggets history which is why i argue like at some point like you have to put his his jersey in the rafters in the pepsi center like it absolutely uh is deserved he's by i mean because let me ask you this ryan would you argue he's not one of the top five nuggets of all time i to me i don't i don't even know if it matters necessarily like he still walked out on the team. You still you still demanded a trade and, and walked away from the franchise. I, I think that has to count against you at some point. And let's not let's not forget. Wait 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 wait. wait, wait, wait. Okay. Dikembe Mutombo's jerseys in the rafters. Uh, did he not do the same thing? I don't I don't know if he deserved to to have his jersey retired, but that's <laughs> that's just me. Like you're talking about a, a guy who spent what four or five years with the Nuggets organization. Like that's right. I don't. I don't think that that necessarily warrants it itself. So I didn't. I, like if you'd noticed, I didn't put Dikembe Mutombo ahead of him. That's for sure. Uh, but you're you're talking about like with that with that team that also like also with Carmelo Anthony came Andre Miller. Also with that team came Nene, kind of as as a a more experienced player. Voshan Leonard came into that team. Earl Boykins, guys like that. Like it, it wasn't just Melo. He took a lot of the the scoring on his shoulders, and I thought he performed really well. But this is the Donovan Mitchell effect at this point. Like sometimes you just need a guy to take shots so the rest of the team can perform well, and and kind of operate through a normal organism. And that that's just what they had to do, and and that's what he had to do, and he did it well. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he was a great great player that the Nuggets like should should glorify consistently because they have a couple of guys right now. Like I, I could honestly say that Jamal Murray, if he continues to develop on the track that he's on, in, in five years, he may outstrip Carmelo Anthony as as a, a Nuggets guy. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that past him either. And I, I, I would think that Jamal Murray uh, and Nicole Jokic, in particular, like they, they have a chance. They are on the precipice right now of entering into some pretty legendary um, status with the Denver Nuggets. I mean, Jokic is there. I, you know, it's funny. I was, I was just thinking about this. I was going through my top five and I left Jokic out there. He's probably in there as well. I mean, I'm probably, uh, I'm probably actually have Jokic. Um, Five after Thompson, you know, David Thompson, if I said he was four, I probably actually would have a Nicola there uh, at five. And he has, you know, he's very close to to hopping um, up that list because let's be honest, like the, the, the bar is not that high, right? Even right. for Alex English. I mean, like if, if Jokic and Murray make the NBA finals, not even win it, just make it, they'll do something that no other Nuggets team have done. So that that I think in itself is, is right there for them because the league is wide open as right as well right now. And, and that could put them ahead of everyone on the list, including Carmelo Anthony. But uh, to me, we, we, we've, we've got to see it right now because a little bit of what happened last season with those guys, um, right. We set this up. We, we, we intentionally kind of played the schedule out so that the Nuggets wouldn't have to play, um, Houston in the second round, which is funny because then they ended up losing to Portland anyways. Uh, but, they, but also so that the Nuggets would end up, you know, they ended up getting the two seed, right? And so they ended up having to play the Spurs instead of, um, a Portland, I think it was probably, that's probably who they would have ended up getting Portland. I think the, you, uh, uh, I think you just got to blame George Carl for not having that, that kind of foresight to, to avoid the San Antonio Spurs and Los Angeles Lakers that Michael <laughs> Malone has. So. <laughs> right. Well, well, I mean, exactly. Yeah. My, that, that was, uh. Uh, that was the the key coaching moves by Michael Malone there um, to get that nugget that, that setup is like I'm saying. So I mean, I just I just want to see. I, I guess I want to see it a little bit more. But but I would agree with you that those guys have a chance uh, to definitely jump jump a lot of guys on the list, including Melo. All right, let's uh, let's get let's round out the show. Uh, getting back with the the current Nuggets because I don't know. I mean, they probably don't play that. That is an interesting thing. When is the next time that they play the Blazers at home? Ah, December twelfth. Who on Ooh. TNT national TV game? That's gonna be a fun one. Looking forward um, to it. That'll be great. Right. Let's see if uh, <laughs> let's see if Hassan Whiteside has a, has anything to say about Nikola Jokic burying his soul in Portland. Do you? How how what would you put? What percentage chance would you put that that Melo's not even uh, on the team at that at that uh, point by December? 12th? Probably a. I think it's probably pretty low. I think it's that's a that's a pretty quick turnaround for a team that's going to be missing Zach Collins forever and and that that has a variety of guys injured and that is and, true and still has Anthony Tolliver so I'll put it at like 25-30% that he's not there but like I I still think he'll be there Right. I mean, there there is a chance that this is a good blow up spectacular. Agreed. And I hope I honestly I'm I'm rooting for it. It'll be See, I'm I'm totally opposite. I'm I'm totally rooting for Melo, 100. percent You know, I don't want to I don't want to spoil too much because I have uh, I'm actually going to write a column on this as well for Tuesday since that when that's when Melo is going to make his debut. But I would I mean uh, I'd say he's my second favorite Nugget of all time all right. right now. So all right. um, I'm I'm rooting for him to be honest with you. But I hope he I hope he doesn't kill that. It would be terrible uh, if he killed us with Portland because he never has right. He's never come back into the Pepsi Center and played well. So. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that that the Blazers finish with 35 wins, man. Like that's that would be just wonderful. <laughs> here's the uh, here's the other thing that I'll say about that upcoming, and, and we'll close out the middle discussion with this. But um, I hope that he gets a a hearty cheer when he first checks into the game, because uh, I imagine he won't be starting. Um, 
or maybe he will be, we'll see, but uh, whether he's starting when he gets introduced or when, uh, or when he first checks into the game, I hope he gets a, gets a big cheer from the crowd and then they can boo him for the rest of the game. That'll be fine with that. Fair enough. So, right. Exactly. I think that's the, the, the proper etiquette here on that one. Um, okay. So let's look forward now just to these last upcoming games. We'll kind of close out the show with this, uh, with the week at hand first. So we're in a homestand. Right, we're gonna be in the next four games um, here at home. Two playoff teams, two tough ones to start out uh, the the home stand here with the Rockets and the Celtics. Which one of those teams, in your mind, Ryan, is is the tougher matchup? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I think it's got to be Houston, man. Like the the Boston Celtics are a great team. They are a great Eastern Conference team. And that should be considered a shot because it is. The the Eastern Conference just isn't what the Western Conference is at this point. And while they have a lot of versatile pieces, the Nuggets have a lot of guys that can match up with them. And Nikola Jokic matches up pretty well with Inez Cantor. Uh, on the other side, you have James Harden. And that's that's all the the Houston Rockets really need, honestly. They <laughs> they have been excellent, and James Harden has carried them. And if Clint Capella comes back healthy, then he's going to kick Denver's ass again because that's just what the James Harden Clint Capella pick and roll does. Like, it's really too bad. The Nuggets have not found a way to crack it. And I don't necessarily think that they're going to crack it anytime soon. So we're going to see what happens. I, I, I reserve judgment that they will lose the game, but I think that James Harden and Clint Capella are going to combine for like 60 points. So right. we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, James Harden, that, that's um, he might score 60 on his own. Yeah, it could be 58 to 2, so <laughs> right, <laughs> we'll exactly. see what happens. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of funny, you know, a lot of people talk about the you know the questions about the, the Russell Westbrook-James Harden pairing. So far, it's worked pretty well. I mean, I think I think Russ is a, you've definitely seen, I mean, he's kind of taken a step back and, and, and let James Harden just run the show. But Russ is still putting up. You know, very solid numbers across the board, and and what's interesting about the Nuggets is like so now you've got yeah that's those are like two of the biggest Nuggets kryptonites right is is the James Harden Clint Capella pick and roll and then and then just Russell Westbrook and and uh, what he can do especially if he's uh, if he's playing well and shooting the ball well he he can has shown to be a guy that can really hurt the nuggets because they just can't stop him uh in terms of his dribble penetration and in or just pushing the ball up the court they really struggle uh, to slow people down and he's I'm, probably one of the people who can attack the most i'm gonna go out on a limb and say tory craig may play a little bit in that game yeah right. It's it, <laughs> there was a game where you might need him. Um, this is this is certainly yeah. yeah. I can see you can see lot large minutes. For I think Torrey. I think they probably bench Michael Porter Jr. that game and and Torrey right. Craig plays the bench too, and whoever he'll he'll guard whoever's running that second unit most likely uh, most likely Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I would I would agree. I think you'll see him um, out there, but it's going to be a tough. I mean, there's going to be times where it's going to be, you know, I mean, cause they start what they start Eric Gordon, right? Or no, they don't actually. They start, um, they're starting, uh, Daniel House now. Daniel House, yeah. So, um, which is a, kind of an interesting, I guess, how big is Daniel House? Because can you put, yeah, you could put, I mean, you could put Jamal Murray on Daniel House and then let oh, yeah. Gary Harris slide over, uh, to James Harden or, or, or Russell Westbrook and then, um, I think well, honestly, you know you, could, you know who I and think then Will Barton on the other one. I think Will Barton is going to guard James Harden. That's yeah, that's, that's my that's my I think he's he's earned that right 
with his defensive chops over the last few weeks, and they will start that matchup that way. I would, uh, I would, I would agree with you. I think that's the way you go. I think you put Gary Harris on Russell Westbrook. You put um, Will Barton on on James Harden, and then you let you let Jamal Murray guard Daniel House and kind of. Uh, roll with that, and then of course you know they're going to check in Eric Gordon, obviously for Daniel oh, House, and, uh, then, and I then forgot. You just keep Murray on him. Uh, Gordon is going to be out. He he's injured. Oh, oh, nice. So there you go. Uh, one less player you have to worry about, I guess. Honestly, I'm I'm a little bit more worried about the Nuggets offensively than I am defensively. Like they're going to give up points to James Harden, and they'll probably be fine on everybody else, and that's just just going to be a factor and they're going to give up 120 but how do they score 121 like what's the what's the formula there when Houston is switching everything yeah that's um that's going to be a challenge and Capella's a guy who's going to give you know he's one of the the better options to defend Nikola with uh because of his versatility versatility defensively uh and his ability to switch on, on the pick and roll. I think you, you gotta probably still play a lot of that two man game um, with Jamal Murray and, and, and see if you can't attack uh, whether it's Russell Westbrook or James Harden or whoever's defending Murray. I think that's, that's going to be uh, a guy you're leaning on a lot and you're going to be, you're going to be leaning on those, whoever's in those small forward spots, whether it's Will Barton, whether it's Juancho Gomez off the bench, Torrey Craig, like we've been talking about, if he's going to play, those guys are going to have to hit shots because those are the guys that, that Houston is going to let, uh, is going to let get open in exchange for making sure that, uh, you know, Jamal Murray doesn't, or that, that Jokic isn't able to operate, uh, from, from in the post, like, like you would want him to, because that's really the, the struggle is you can't Capella is one of those guys who you, you can't, it's very few, but you really can't say, okay, Nicola go down low because he's going to struggle, uh, to get, get points down there. He just always does with Capella. Yeah, it's going to be tough, and and they run the scheme where when when the Nuggets are trying to get a switch, then Houston is just going to switch it, and they have James Harden, who's one of the better one-on-one post defenders in the NBA, or P.J. Tucker most of the time, or Daniel House, House, excuse me, or it'll be Russell Westbrook, and that's kind of an easier matchup for Jokic, but I think Jokic is going to have to be aggressive in those situations and not commit offensive fouls, but get right to the front of the rim and just yeah. shoot over those guys because that's just that's just what you got to do that's how, that's how you're going to score yeah it's um it's it's going to be i i honestly like like you said it, it's it's tough to see him win 120 um to to like 110 or something like that but maybe maybe the answer is you're just going to have to find a way <laughs> i don't know how you do it like right you're just going to have to find a way to slow down James Harden and the, and the Rockets and and beat him defensively but good luck um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that one's gonna be a tough one. I agree with you. I think that's definitely the harder one uh, than than Boston, fresh off there, where they just lost to Sacramento. Um, yep. Tonight, so yeah, Boston, like you said, with with Ennis Cantor down low, been been very good this season, though. I mean, I think that's that's only their second loss of the season now uh, against Sacramento. So, um, it, you know, that's a team where there's a lot. You're gonna get a lot of pressure at the perimeter. It's it's you're gonna be testing Gary Harris and Jamal Murray and. Will Barton um, against another game where you might see some Tory Craig because it's it's just another team where you know instead of Russell Westbrook and, and James Harden you've got uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker uh, attacking you from the perimeter so um, that one although I think is it's a lot more you it's it's pretty easy to see a pathway for the Nuggets to score you know 120 points or something like that agreed. 
All right, I tell you what, let's um, we'll, we'll just we'll close it out with this. So Ryan, they've got they've got that. And then they also, of course, end up the uh, what is the last game uh, of the week? Come I on, have no idea. Phoenix <laughs> Sunday, Phoenix. It's Phoenix. Oh, that's it's Phoenix. So not an easy one. Not an easy schedule. No, I, they they struggled with Phoenix last time, right? So um, but here we'll, we'll throw it out to, to finish off the show. So out of those three games, give me your prediction, Ryan. What's the Nuggets' record over this week? <coughs> Excuse me. Still, still getting over this, over this sickness, man. Uh, I am still gonna go with two and one because I think the Nuggets are playing pretty well right now, and they're not going to take Phoenix as lightly as they did the last time. So when you when you get into a position where you're taking the opponents seriously, you know that you have a tough week coming up. I think the Nuggets are gonna rise up to that occasion. Uh, I think they'll lose against Houston because that's. That's just kind of what they're what they're in for with that matchup, but I think that they win against Boston and I think they win against Phoenix and that that'll be a pretty successful week I'd say. At that point, they would be eleven and four, so hard to argue with that. Right, I you know it's, it doesn't make for great podcast content, but I actually agree with you hundred percent. I think they uh, they can get it done against Boston and Phoenix. That Houston game seems to just loom as the one that might uh, might trouble them. I would not be surprised to see them go three and zero. Honestly, though, I think if it wasn't all three games at home, they weren't in the middle of a nice big homestand. Uh, maybe you you get a little concerned. They the game, I guess you would normally worry about is the first one back after being on the road against Memphis, but they're on the road for one game against Memphis, and now they have what like two days off before they play. Uh, they play Houston on Wednesday, so it's yep. you know it's it's a pretty. Um, pretty easy schedule in terms of the timing and the rest that they'll be getting. So I can't, I wouldn't be shocked um, if they come out and go three and O as well. I guess I don't know who Houston plays their uh, what their schedule looks like. I can get it here real quick. Uh, They are, of course they're playing the trailblazers. I think what tomorrow, right? Um, Yeah. And then then that's it. So they play, they play the blazers on Monday and then they come here uh, to Denver. So um, similar, similar kind of scenario, not, not a ton of much in the way of travel that's going to hurt them. So it'll be a straight up game, but I can see the Nuggets winning it. I will go with you though. I think they, I think they lose that. They beat the Celtics. They beat the Suns. They go two and one. All right, it's going to be a fun week, man. I'm looking forward to it. That is, it's going to be, um, it's going to be an excellent week. I hope for the Nuggets. It's going to be an excellent week for us on the stiffs. What's uh, what's up with Nuggets numbers this week? Uh, we're we're gonna see what happens. I I had an idea and I don't remember what it was, and we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go from there. I, I'm just thinking about the three articles that I have to write over the next couple of hours. So we're gonna we're gonna go from there. There you go. It's gonna be a, it's a big Monday uh, on the site if you're if you're into Mr. Blackburn stuff. So make sure you guys are checking it out tomorrow. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at NBA Blackburn. I am at Zach Mikosh. Also at Pickaxe Podcast at Denver Stiffs. Over on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Jenna Garcia doing a lot of fun stuff. Uh, a lot of fun really stuff. Cool stuff. Yeah, so you make sure you want to check that out, of course. And then be subscribing to the podcast network. Uh, you'll hear Nuggets numbers from Ryan on Tuesday. You'll hear uh, The Dig this week. We'll have the Denver Stiff show. Probably what you'll probably be reacting to that, uh, that home game on Thursday, right? The late night. Uh, Friday. Uh, it's, a, it's a Friday game, right? It's a Friday game. Yeah, Friday yeah, so game. So I'll be... We'll be recording that game, and I uh, will be probably up until the odd hours, making sure to get a <laughs> a nice reactionary podcast out to the world. He's dedicated, folks. All right. Well, we will uh, we will look forward to it. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the the uh, podcast channel so you can get all that stuff. 
and as for us on the Pickaxe Podcast, we will talk to you guys next week. See you.